Good evening, Island Church. Pastor Rusty Martin back with you, uh, teaching on what I would call the missing ingredient of the current day and hour, and that is the God kind of love, the agape love, our love toward the Father, our love toward ourselves, our love toward one another, and our love toward the world. You know, it's uh, September uh, 29th, and uh, it's, it's kind of a special day for Leah and I. This was Leah's uh, mother's birthday. She lived to be 96 years old. She was a little, uh, little Cajun woman that was just, uh, there's no way to describe her other than she was just full of the love of God. It wasn't a soulish love. She did not have anywhere near the teaching that you and I have had. She's no, not anywhere near the revelation of the word. She was a, a woman that went to a particular denomination. She loved her church. She loved the priests. She loved all of the people that were there. She loved her family. And when I came into the family, uh, uh, she showed tremendous love toward me. And as I was, uh, she was in my life for all of those years, 20-something years, uh, I, I just, I, I, I marveled at the love that she had and that she walked in. And it fueled her faith and she got prayers answered. And it was amazing because her, her knowledge of thing, the things of God was much lower than we would say uh, that ours were because of what we knew by the word. But her love walk was so far, so much higher, even than my, the, than my own. It, it really inspired me uh, to love more, uh, to walk in love because I saw the fruit of it in her life. We were there in 1 John chapter 3, reading out of the Passion Bible. When we left off last night, we were talking about how your love walk is a sign of spiritual life in you. You know, you'd think that people that are oh, people with great authority and they can cast out devils, lay hands on the sick, preach a great message. Do No, no, that's not what the Scripture says. The Scripture says that the true sign of our true spiritual life, of having eternal life in us, is our ability to walk in love, which means the more you yield to the life of God on the inside of you, the more you're able to walk in love. Now let's pick it up, uh, pick it up from there. It says, a loveless life remains spiritually dead. Verse 15, everyone who keeps hating a fellow believer is a murderer. Man, that is strong language. But that's exactly, it reads the same way in almost every translation that I've read. Everyone that keeps uh, hating a fellow believer is a murderer. Now, you got to understand what it means to hate. Because a lot of people think, well, I don't hate anybody. You know, I don't hate it. Hate is the absence of love. That's exactly what it is. If you're not loving someone, you are hating them. Now, right there, people want to bow up. They want to say, oh, pastor, that's not true. You know, there's people I don't even know, and I don't love them. And, and No, that's not what it's talking about. Don't get into the abstract. People in your life, you either love them or you hate them. Or you hate them. Now, let me show you the difference. People that you love, you draw near. People that you hate, you pull back from. And I know that that's a strong, strong uh, uh, statement but that's not me saying that. That's God saying that. That's He wants you to understand it is so important for you to walk in love that he classifies everything else other than love as hate and murder. Now, if you don't believe that, look at the world right now. Look at what's going on in the world. How much hatred there is. What's coming out of a lot of that hatred. I've watched some of these things on the news that were just ghastly. People walking up to people and just 
killing them, just murder them, don't even know them, uh, has, have no reason whatsoever. It's just the manifestation of hate is what it is. They've pulled away. And when you pull away from God, you pull away from everything that is civil. You pull away from everything that is righteous. You pull away from everything that is right. I've watched a pattern, my whole ministry, of people that come to churches, they get all excited, they're all fired up, and then some little something happens, and then something else, and something else exacerbates that, and they start real slowly backing away. They have this idea in their mind that, you know what, we're just going to start coming a little less giving a little less, showing up a little less, and we're just going to kind of fade away. Did you know that you, you, in your mind, you're just thinking you're pulling away from a church? You're wrong. You're pulling away from God. You're pulling away from relationships. You're pulling away from everything that God has built structurally into your life spiritually, and you're literally leaving the dimension of love and entering into hate and murder. The proof of it is what? You're pulling away. You're pulling, well, we're going to go find another church. Great. You're going to have to learn to love in this church. And if you leave that church, you're going to have to go, love, uh, go learn to love in that. You'll have to learn to love somewhere. And you're not going to find much difference in any place else that you go. I've heard people that, um, when I used to travel, I would go to a church uh, that would be uh, centrally located. There would be other churches around it, and a group of people would leave one church and go to another. And I would hear this statement. Uh, I'll tell you, I was at that other church, and they didn't love But man, when I came to this church, they really started loving me. That's not true. That's not true at all. What it is, is you just broke away from something you were offended at, and as you pulled back from what God placed you in and went somewhere else, then just the, the newness of that you thought was love. People were just like a baby when they're born into a home. I mean, they express so much love. A new person comes to the church, everybody's excited, everybody wants to love them. Then when someone leaves, they don't even consider that all the relationships that they've built, all the people that have loved them and that they have loved are in that equation. You're pulling back from God because you're pulling back from God's people. This is how we discover, this is how we discover love's reality. This is in verse 16. This is how we have discovered love's reality. Jesus sacrificed his life for us. Because of this great love, we should be willing to lay down our lives for one another. How much should you love one, someone? How much? All the way. As Jesus loved you. Lay down your life. You know what it means to lay down your life? You lay down everything in your life that you would hold on to that would keep you from walking in love towards your brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Now notice what it says. It says, because of this great love, we should be willing to lay down our lives one for another. If anyone sees a fellow believer in need and has the means to help him, yet shows no pity and closes his heart against him, how is it even possible that God love, love, God's love lives in him? Listen, we're to meet one another's needs. I don't know how many, uh, not so much when we traveled, but in our pastorate, we have spent thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe now after 18 years, maybe close to a million dollars. We've paid rents, mortgages, houses, groceries, medical bills, paid for pharmaceuticals for people. We have, we have given so much money to people in need. And I'm going to tell you something. There have been times where I've sat in my office with people that were sitting there in desperate need and they needed their rent paid or they needed some money for this or that. And I knew like I knew my name, this person will not come to this church. This person will not, they're not going to, they're not going to come and tithe and offer. Enough. They're not going to do, they're not going to be of any asset whatsoever to Island Church. You know what I had to do? I had to write the check. I had to give them the money. 
I had to love them. Listen, I'm not, I'm not going to let people take advantage of me. But listen, I learned to hear from God. And when that, when, that, when that desperation in their own voice and the spirit of love on the inside of me, when the two come together, I don't reject love's demand. And there's been times when I've just shook my head and said, Lord, you know, why? Why do I need to pay their rent? Why do I need to pay their car note? Why do I need to buy their groceries? And the Lord said, because that's what I would do. I would pay their rent. I would buy their groceries. I would pay their car note. And, and, and then I'm stuck. I have to make a choice. Love is a choice. You choose to walk in love. It's not an emotion like human love. It's not an emotion like any of the different brands of humanity as it chooses to, you know, to love one another uh, sexually or materially or maritally. No, this is a higher love in which you're willing to give and lay down everything you are in order to manifest the love of God. Notice this. Beloved children, this is in verse 18. Beloved children, our love can't be an abstract theory we only talk about but a way of life demonstrated through our loving deeds. We know that the truth lives within us because we demonstrate love in action, which will reassure our hearts in His presence. Whenever our hearts make us feel guilty and remind us of our failures, we know that God is much greater and more merciful than our conscience, and He knows everything there is to know about us. He delightfully loves. My, my delightfully loved friends, when our hearts don't condemn us, we have a bold freedom to speak face to face with God. And whatever we ask from Him, we receive. Everybody say, we receive. Well, I think I'm in the congregation. We receive. Because we keep His commandments and our beautiful, and by our beautiful intentions, listen to this, by our beautiful intentions, we continue to do what brings pleasure to Him. This is talking about Every prayer we pray getting answered when these prayers are motivated by love and faith works, we know that when we make a petition because of that love and faith, we're going to get it answered. It is our choice. Now, I, I, I wrote a couple of notes down in another location here. Let me get them. Real quick, and we'll come back to this on Thursday night. The joys of walking in love. Number one. The fruits of your righteousness are enjoyed. Many people never enjoy the fruits of their righteousness, which are all of those wonderful fruits that are manifested by the Spirit of God that lives on the inside of you. Your patience, your kindness, your temperance, uh, uh, the strength of God, the authority of God, revelation, knowledge, all these wonderful things. When you begin to walk in love, you begin to enjoy the fruits of your righteousness. Secondly, I like this. Your joy life is maintained. You know, maybe the question is not, uh, where is your peace? Maybe it should be, where is your joy? Because I guarantee you, if you walk in love, there's a joy in you that, 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 that your own mind can't figure out, your own heart. I've, I've had times when I just all kinds of just insane things were going on. I'm thinking, what, are, what is going on here? And all of a sudden, that inward, I like to call it this, that inward tickle begins to happen on the inside. A smile will come on my face. I'll realize God loves me. I'll realize His Word is working in my life. I'll realize all the goodness of God is, belongs to me and that He loves me. That's the true joy life. Third, the heart remains fertile for the growth of faith. When you walk in love, you got fertile soil. You want to know how to get the soil fertile in your heart? Walk in love. Put out the effort. Get rid of your offense. Make a decision. 
Make a decision, and I guarantee you God will bless you. Fourth, and we'll close with this, the attributes of redemption become your identity. Therefore, you quit trying to God try. Therefore, you quit trying to get God to do what He has already made you. Now, let me let me give you that again. The attributes of redemption become your identity. Therefore, you quit trying to get God to do what He has made you. Now, I know that sounds abstract. And as I close, I'll kind of help you with it, and then we'll come back Thursday night and look at it again. Therefore, instead of saying, God, heal me, God, heal me, all of a sudden, it clicks in your heart. I don't have to ask God to heal me. He has already healed me. And He has healed me not because of how good I am or how good I was going to become after I got saved. He healed me because He loved me before I was lovable. Therefore, I'm not asking God to heal me. All I'm doing is reaffirming that as a new creature in Christ, I am the healed of God. I've been made righteous. I've been made healed. I've been made prosperous. I know the mind, the mind just goes, oh no, oh no, you can't, you can't think that way. Yes, you can. Renew your mind with the Word of God. Walk in the love of God. And you'll see yourself as more than a conqueror because of the love of God. Glory to God. We'll pick this up on Thursday night. I trust it'll be a blessing.